0: those liabilities which is is problematic for us
1: they're they're gonna go in they're gonna do their job and they're gonna come out and they're gonna be fine and they're gonna go home
2: 100% accountable for your actions with zero excuses welcome to the Triple P podcast premier professional and proactive brought to you by the Ohio Fire Chiefs Association I'm your host Clayton O'Brien and I'm the fire chief for the city of Oregon I'm joined by my co-host Captain Joel Fry from the city of Napoleon So, yeah. All right. So I want to switch. I want to talk about a different topic that uh, I. I, Here we go. Here we go. go. What's it going to be? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Um, But I will say it was mind blowing to me because it was uh, when I was talking to Rick and at the foundation board meeting, the one, um, you know, a couple, maybe a month or so ago. And uh, he had brought up about, um, you know, what other states are probably dealing with already. But Ohio, we're anticipating is probably going to be having it um, before too long. And that's recreational marijuana and um how chiefs um i mean when when he brought that up it really like kind of set me back to say you know what this is really something we have to start talking about and i know that it's on the very you know cusp of whatever else i'm just wanting to know just like talk about um you know what you know about it and uh kind of what you shared with me in the meeting so
0: so uh in the Metro Committee, we had started talking about health and safety. I'm also on the Health and Safety uh, Committee. And we started talking about uh, CBD oil to begin with. And, okay. and the concern was that uh, firefighters would take CBD oil that may have uh, THC. THC in it. And and the concern would then you'd pop out on a uh, drug screening and then there'd be a problem, right? And, and what do you do with that problem? And uh, a number of departments have process. Cincinnati has a process. Akron has a process. I know uh, some smaller departments have processes and what you're going to do with that. And it became a concern to me. But how can we educate our firefighters to make sure that if they have to take CBD oil based on um, injuries, uh, because there's some evidence out there that it says it's good, but there's no FDA a follow up. Nobody's really got oversight, and of the and, CBD oil of the specific. CBD oil because
2: that's legal, right? And and that's legal. You can go into the shops in Ohio or whatever else and buy that. You, you it, can. Well, like, you
0: can order it, and that's the the buying it on the line. Gotcha is is a bigger issue, right. uh, and certainly with the medical marijuana that becomes problematic too for a number of departments. And we've been discussing that for quite a while on how do you approach that. And and I spoke with a, a deputy chief from. Uh, Pittsburgh here maybe six, eight months ago before I wrote an article on it for In Command Magazine, and he said their approach is a little bit different than the rest of, at least in our area, if, if somebody has a medical marijuana card, not okay. a prescription, but a card, and they go to a dispensary and they purchase a medical marijuana and they uh, have a bad drug screen or it shows that they have a THC in their system, as long as they can produce the medical card and they can uh, produce the uh, um, receipt from that uh, dispensary, they're okay to go on about their business. But if they bought it from JoJo down the street, then they have a problem and and they would move forward with with termination. Uh, Most of the departments around us don't do it that way. And uh, medical marijuana is probably good to help our uh, firefighters and fire officers, certainly, uh, but um, we as fire chiefs have a problem with that. And, and when you look at the liability on somebody that has taken medical marijuana or CBD oil mm-hmm. and, and it shows that 0.3 uh, THC level on, on, in the drug screen, Now you have a problem if they've been in an accident and somebody's hurt or killed. Sure. And and you have those liabilities, which is is problematic for us. And
2: THC is, my understanding, THC is in the system longer. So, I mean, if they used it in uh, even three days or a week or whatever, well, I, I'm not sure exactly how long it stays in there. But, you know, like a before shift where that could still, so firefighters, if they are using it, would need to be very aware of that as well because of just for that purpose alone. I Absolutely. mean, you, you, have a, you, have a shift, you have a shift in two days and uh, you may not think you're under the influence, but that test is going to come back um, and that, that's going to be a problem.
0: Yeah, and I don't know that necessarily. If you're taking it, if you're taking the CBD oil, you're not probably going to be under the influence, in that respect. Okay, but you're going to have the THC in your system, and that's the one of the yeah. many concerns. So, uh, reaching out to other departments around the country and asking them those same questions: What do you do about uh, the approach? You know, I spoke with uh, some folks from out in Colorado, and how do they approach it? Uh, um, there's departments in, which is really interesting to me in Canada, a uh, police departments and fire departments that have policy that allows their folks to use recreational marijuana on the weekends when they're off duty. And that scares the heck out of me yeah. as far as, uh, liability concerns. And, and how do you tell the difference? And, you know, but there, there's a difference between intoxicated on, uh, medical marijuana or recreational marijuana or uh, alcohol. There, there are certainly ways that they can check. And right now, uh, it's it's a blood test, uh, but there are ways that you can check to see if folks are intoxicated on it. Um, but there's still that liability, you know, whether you're intoxicated or not. If you test positive after an accident, mm-hmm. there are liabilities for the city. So uh, and for the fire department. So there's a lot of concern there. And I think we need to get in front of it right now. The Senate has, has got a number of bills that push for some uh, recreational marijuana and for expanding the use of the medical marijuana to include things like gout and, and migraines. And uh, there's a lot out there right now. So as fire chiefs, we need to be looking at, you know, what's the future going to hold? How are we going to approach it? And how are we going to keep our firefighters safe? Because they don't know if somebody gives them a, a card, you know, obviously, you know, if you're smoking uh, or uh, vaping or however yeah. they take the, yeah. the medical marijuana – they have an indication that, hey, this may be problematic, but if a, if a doctor says, hey, take this, this is going to help, now who are we as fire chiefs to say, oh, no, you're wrong, Mr. Uh, doctor. You've been a doctor for 30 years, but you're wrong in, in your approach. I don't think that's appropriate for a fire chief. I think we need to kind of get on board with uh, the changes that are coming. And approach it from a way that's going to protect us as a city and the firefighters as individuals. I'm not saying that we should open it up and say everybody can uh, smoke recreational marijuana. Don't take me wrong. Yeah, I'm saying we just need to have an understanding of what's moving forward, how we're going to approach it, and get some policies in effect that protect our firefighters and protect the citizens, Which and is, keep them safe.
2: Yeah, like no different of what it would be for alcohol or whatever Absolutely. it is today. You know, like it's but there's got we have to be in front of it of what that testing looks like, right. what the um, not only what the testing looks like, and then what uh, what's the expectation and all that other, I mean, so, okay.
0: Absolutely, and we, we've we been discussing this with uh, the professional firefighters. We went down uh, as uh, a board and talked with them in uh, Columbus here a month or so ago, and I think, uh, shameless plug for uh, webinars coming up here in the fall, we're going to be doing some webinars on the legislative piece. We're going to be doing some webinars on uh, the approach and and what is CBD oil and what is medical mar- marijuana and uh, which I love that because we're going to try to we're going to try to piggyback on that webinar. Absolutely, I think it's going to be good and I think it's going to get some great information out there because frankly we need to share the information. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Well, and
1: we we probably have some listeners or people that are going to ask the question like, what's the big deal? You know, you're under the care of a physician. How's this different than any other pain medicine you might be prescribed or? uh you know your doctor tells you you need to take uh whatever yeah and i'm i'm a fire chief y- your doctor said you need to take this yeah absolutely well uh, okay okay
2: yeah mhm
1: you better have a plan
2: yeah yeah you're right chad that and i think that the, the biggest thing is is the uh the testing afterwards where like Um, I guess there is just no plan. And that's where I thought that's why I was just I'm still taken back to this day of, you know, from that conversation we had that I'm like, I just don't know why never just never dawned on me at all until Rick said it that day. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, yes, we got it. We have to be thinking about this. It's going to happen uh, most likely. You know, I mean, everything is pointing to the fact that there's going to be recreational marijuana. But to Rick's point where you brought up the CBD oil, that's obviously everything already happening right now. And and you can get it with the T thc in it and then what does the testing look like of whether you are intoxicated or not and that's what i don't understand right you know because if they did use it three days ago and they're not intoxicated or under the influence at the time of no different of like what you're saying if they had a knee problem or right they're off work on sick time because they're taking these pain meds and they're just told not to drive for eight hours or whatever it is uh, compared to their doctor telling them that they got to, you know, smoke right. marijuana, eat a gummy or do something every, sure. you know, however often that they need to do it. Then what is that? What does that look like? All right. You know? I, it, this is going
3: to affect every fire department. Every, yeah. every one of them. Don't matter Absolutely. if you're volunteer, f- full volunteer, part time yep. paid career, whatever you're going to. Well, and I would hope that most, faced with it.
1: most of us probably have in our collective bargaining agreement health and safety language that addresses substance abuse or substance use. And you know, for example, let's let's say I I have a back pain, a back injury. I go to my doctor. I start getting a prescription for my back pain. I'm not going to run into the chief's office and say, "Hey, chief, I got a prescription for whatever pain med for my back." Yeah. Um, doctor says, "Hey, you can take this." Like the the day before, don't take it when you're on duty, but you're good. Doctor writes out the prescript. I've got all the information. I get pulled for a random, and I go and I get tested, and the test shows that I have whatever pain medicine in my system. Well, I can bring in the prescription. I can bring in the doctor's orders, and, oh, okay. And you're clear to drive everything. You've been taking this way you're supposed to. Yes. The testing shows that, yes, the level that was in his system was consistent with he took it yesterday as prescribed. Okay, we're cool. Everything's mm-hmm. fine. But what about medical marijuana? Where are we at? Are we behind on the
2: testing? Yeah. And the other scary part too is like the entire time I was a kid, I was always told like, you know, marijuana is a gateway drug. Right. And as much as the, you know, like – overdoses that we deal with on a regular basis. I, it's, it, it, that's the other part that kind of scares me when you're just talking about the, the pills is kind of got me thinking about it was that when they're taking, when they're, when they're prescribed Percocets or Vicodins or, you know, um, Dilaudid or whatever else, my first thought is, boy, I really hope they're not only taking it responsibly, but they don't take it any more than they need to. And that, can they really stop when it's done? And that, because that is what usually of all the stories that you hear of the people that we talk about that have these, uh, reoccurring problems with overdoses and the issues is because they were prescribed, uh, you right. know, Percocets or Vicodins or Dilatids or whatever it was for a period of time, they ran out and then now they search for, you know, the next the thing. And that, that doesn't, that doesn't solve it with, you know, not everybody, um, doesn't obviously it doesn't happen to everybody, but there, that's the first thing that kind of goes in my mind is I really hope that that's, they're able to get done with it
0: and be done with it, you know? And if you look at the the, uh, THC, the medical marijuana, or the CBD oil, CBD oil is not going to cause you to be, quote, intoxicated if you're just rubbing oil on your elbow, but it's going to show hot on a drug screen. And that's one of the reasons that many departments uh, have pulled it from the uh, seven-panel test. So the DOT test that pulls that marijuana, they're moving away from that. FDNY moved from it last year. Uh, there's departments in and around Washington DC where they just, don't even test for it. They don't screen for the oh, okay. for the THC anymore because of uh, the the uh, excuse me medical marijuana that's going through their state. So uh, because they don't want to have oh, okay. to deal with every person that is having issues but what they look at is it's still zero tolerance there's a zero tolerance policy don't show up intoxicated on any substance when you come to work Mm -hmm, and i think that's what what has worked out in colorado it's working in new york and and now working in pennsylvania but how do
2: you prove that they are you know if they if they pulled that from the panel of the test so like if i believe they crashed the rig and then they cause X amount of damage. They have to get a. T- they have to get a test. Um, then how do you? How do you can? It's my word against theirs. They didn't. They're saying you know.
0: Well, so I'm talking about random screenings. I'm not. Oh, talking about okay. F- per accident, you get an okay. accident. You you got to do the blood test. It's going to be everything. It's going to be mm-hmm. part of the process and you, you, part of the investigation. Okay, so and you're saying just not on the protecting random. them. I'm talking about the random okay. stuff that causes more issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Rick, and correct me if I'm wrong, but we were talking about CBD oil earlier and. In- Uh, it's unregulated, I guess, status right now. You know, it's, you don't know what you're getting, you know, with it being unregulated. And I know you've studied this out a lot more than I have, Rick, but you, you think you could be buying just CBD oil, but you don't know how much THC may or may not be in there correct well, well not all of them has
2: THC in it though does it
0: no but some of them do and okay. the only way to tell is to um, st- evaluate that and send it off for third-party testing and there's some agencies that do that uh, there's there's folks out of uh, don't quote me I think there's some some businesses in New York there's businesses in Ohio that do that and they on their website they'll give you a third-party vendor that you can go to and click in and put in your, uh, the UPC cord or whatever it is. And that'll tell you what exactly is in, uh, the, uh, CBD oil. Um, but not all companies do that. Like you said, and when you're buying stuff online, you don't know what you're getting. So, uh, the same with recreational marijuana. Well, it, recreational marijuana, if you're buying it from, uh, Jeff Deeks down the street, you know, it's, it's going to be a little bit different. than <laughs> regular. You necessary. can hit him right now. <laughs> you were too quiet for failed. too long.
3: <laughs> I'm getting educated here. I'm I, listening. absorbing I, it. That's why I got two ears. Yeah. Brother, okay. I love you. Happy birthday. Know, yeah. yeah, yeah, whatever.
2: But you're right, Joe. Like, it's got to come from, a, you know, an actual place, and they had Absolutely. to turn in the receipt. They had to say where it was because that's regulated, and it's underneath that. Okay. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah, the, this is probably going to get cut, but, you know, for those
1: of us that <laughs> do run EMS. Have you ever been on a marijuana overdose?
2: Well, you know, they showed a video today in that, in the, uh, of that firefighter. Did you, were you in that class? No, I missed it. Oh my gosh. They showed it. It was funny. It was a, it was a, he was definitely over, uh, intoxicated on marijuana. Oh, yeah. So it's a, it's in, it's the iconic video of this house is on fire. It's all it's full of marijuana so places and he's like, yeah, so smoke. And he's just like, you know, he's completely done. And, uh, and so, you what know, I call mean, that, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's, baked. he's baked. So, but, but I will say that's, that's, that's is going to be the hard part. It's going to be able to be able to say like what what is that tolerance level, and then if they do do a test on the blood. So if they do test the blood, then is there a level like, you know, like when you when you when it's zero tolerance for uh, for alcohol. So, and, but like, if you're, if you're driving a vehicle, it's what 0.08 or whatever, you know, that sort of thing. So what is it for marijuana? I, so if THC at all comes up at any level, zero tolerance at the fire department, you're in trouble, but what is it?
0: Is there a, is there a level at all with this thing? There is. And I, I have read through the stuff and, and understand that there are levels. I'm not educated enough to tell you exactly what the level is, Okay, you know? Uh, as a quick test, you just put Fritos on the table uh, and see who to some it. Cheetos <laughs> and, and the test them cheetos. that way. Or, uh, there are ways for them to test. And we, okay. we had conversation with a company uh, who's going to be on the uh, podcast with us in the webinar to discuss this. And she had fantastic information about what the level should be. And it follows the DOT standard that uh, Highway Patrol and other uh, law enforcement agencies use to keep uh, the citizens safe out there. So it's the same levels. Okay. Uh, so there, there are ways to test it. And, and what's interesting to me, and what I found in Canada, there's a company that does uh, breathalyzer testing for THC. And oh. uh, what they're saying out loud is that if THC is in your lungs, you're high. And uh, by doing this breathalyzer test, and it's it's still uh, under review. but yeah. You know, the company says, yeah, this is absolutely it. And and maybe there's some question as to whether or not it's true. Uh, but I think in the near future, we're going to have stuff that we can. You know, put a breathalyzer, not necessarily to start a fire truck, but to check and see if somebody's intoxicated on marijuana without having to do those blood tests. But right now, blood test is the standard.
2: Blood test is the standard Uh, right now.
0: Wow. Okay. Okay.
2: Fritos and Cheetos, Fritos or Doritos, right?
3: <laughs> what if someone orders like Taco Bell at eleven o'clock yeah. at night or twelve thirty in
0: the morning? Right? That that is the key. If the Uber driver it, comes it, up, it, yeah. drops it off, then yeah, yeah might I be seen a test. guy last night doing Did you know, that too. I yeah. wonder
2: who that was. I, uh, there was a uh, there was a Uber Eats that they do around here, and I'm like, that's kind of crazy. I I mean, being from the country, I I don't necessarily know what Uber Eats is all Understood, about. You know, yeah, so absolutely. Uh, one more uh, one more topic that I do want to talk about, and I'm sorry, Joel. I know it's a buggy you the tapping on the table as it picks up on that see that little thing oh really and so joel is like the uh you know he is i i know he'd be you know all over it if i so it- i'm sorry you to yell at us? Um, but, anyways, <laughs> I'm sorry, Joel. Uh, the last topic uh, that I thought that would be kind of cool to talk about, which is all, you know, for us that we're all dealing with, and we talked a little bit about um, the apparatus, inflation and costs, time frames, all that stuff. Um, and that further goes into now the turnout gear. Um, you know, recently we were told that this PFOS was in the turnout gear, and, um, and that, uh, you know, Cleveland Heights did a, a great, you know, a little mm-hmm. seminar on it type of thing. Um, I was able to Attend that. I thought that the panel did an amazing job, gave us a whole bunch of information and literature uh, to be able to talk back for us to be able to come back and say, hey, we really need to, you know, talk about this in our safety, health, and wellness committee. But bottom line is we're dealing with 36, not necessarily 36 months, maybe 14 months or longer or whatever it is, even to get new turnout gear. So at what point it's not like you can just throw all your turnout gear away and just get new turnout gear. Um, so where, how do we, how do we get out of gear that, and now and I, it's my understanding. I went back and looked at our specs of our, of our gear. Uh, to find that the PFOS was not like in direct contact with, with the firefighters. It was in the, uh, the vapor barrier. Uh, but it was within, be, within the layers uh, that wasn't necessarily going to be touching firefighters. It right. doesn't still mean that it's okay. It just means that it's just not in direct contact there. So um, I guess, you know, I know Rick and I talked a little bit about this. And then uh, maybe you guys can chime in too about, you know, what, what's, what you guys are hearing. Maybe mine, this conversation come from my union. Uh, because it was the IFF right. that you know, you know, posted that, and I kind of was like, "That's like a mic drop type of thing," you know, like you put it out there, and then there's like, "What is the solution?" Right, and um, you know, so I think we're trying to all figure it out because we all want to do it, but it's also a large impact financially uh, for a lot of departments, and then if everybody's flooding the system for whatever certain specific type of gear, how then long it's how long is it going to take, gonna take yeah. you know? So, well,
1: you know, as chiefs, one of the things that we we better if you're not you you should be focused on all of your people going home. And you know, we think about that in the context of each and every shift. Like I want to buy the best gear I can for my troops so that they're well protected. They're they're going to go in, they're going to do their job and they're going to come out and they're going to be fine and they're going to go home after the shift. And you know, going back to what we were talking about earlier about long range planning, what we really need to be focused on is going home after their retirement party. Well, whole. And you know, it is so scary to, to think that this gear that we've put our people in that is going to protect them from what's right in front of us today may end up killing them 20 years from now, you mm-hmm. know? And it's like, what do we do? Where do we get the answers? How do we fix this? Well, you know, we, you know, at Sydney, we've got 38 people that wear turnout gear and you know that, okay, that's going to cost some money, but you know, it's not the millions that some other departments
2: may be facing. Sure. And, well, and I mean all of our members got two sets of gear.
1: Right. And us too. So, you know, I what do you do? You, what do you do huge budget implications mm-hmm. you know just the availability of the gear what gear is safe how do we know it's safe you know how far how what do we where do we go to get the answers i mean it's it's scary stuff. well rick
2: rick has rick is on the cusp of all this so <laughs> so <Rick laughs> but but rick i will say we just talked about this a little bit about what did what, what is some places doing with their with the gear
0: So uh, I think one of the things we have to look at is, number one, you have to – it's not just turnout gear. It's also the Nomex. A lot lot of departments use Nomex as Mm -hmm. regular station wear, and there's a study out, IFF, and and God bless the IFF and what they've done. Absolutely. They've done so much work to protect the firefighters uh, nationwide and really around the world, and uh, World Health Organization, WHO, you know, firefighting is now a cause of cancer, and and that's (laughs) – it's good and bad, right, but – Uh, When you talk about specifically the PFAS stuff, I think uh, there are no good answers right now. And I think our approach needs to be, let's talk to the manufacturers of the stuff that we're using, uh, the Nomex gear that we're using. Uh, There's large departments in the state, and I'm not going to call them out right now, but they they have moved away from Nomex and moved to cotton. So we're doing the same thing, not officially yet, but we're making that approach because we want to keep our firefighters safe. And yes, the money is important. But in the long term, if it costs us a few bucks now to make sure that they're safe, that's We're more good. important Absolutely. in my mind. Yeah. So I think our approach needs to be, number one, look at what the Nomex is, uh, if you're using Nomex, or what your folks are for wearing. For your station wear? For the station yeah, wear. Yeah, okay. And and question the manufacturers, does it have PFAS in it? And then look at your turnout gear and what you're using. Uh, the bigger approach and the bigger concern when you talk about yeah, we know that our uh, turnout gear is dangerous, and we know that it does have PFAS in it. And we look at the cancers that we're getting of the throat and and, and uh, colon cancer and uh, all the cancers that we get. And it's, it's, you know, it's directly related to washing our gear. How many of us wash our gear, wash our mm-hmm. helmets, wash our hood, and then what do you do with the hood? You lay it in your boots and and what kind of uh, testicular cancer and colon cancers and prostate cancers are all coming from that. So our approach needs to be, yes, PFAS is a problem moving forward from that, but wash your gear, make sure your gear is clean, make sure they're deconning at the fires, make sure they decon when they get back and make sure their approach is in a safe manner. Where's this, where's the concern coming from? So I think uh, from my perspective, I think, yeah, the finances are coming. It's going to cost us some money, but to get them safe, we need to get them on board. For and sure. they need to understand because there's pushback when you say you're going to decon before you go back, when you get back, you're going to shower, you're going to wash your gear and switch into that. Come on, man. Uncomfortable to that now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you want to talk about some culture. Yeah. You want to
1: talk about some cultural stuff there like yeah, Absolutely. Man, when, and I I like I said, I started in 95, so I, I'm not old in the fire service by any means, but man, if you had a black helmet, That was, it was smoked up. Yeah. That's, and coming back from a fire and taking a shower and getting all that. I don't want to get it off me. Chicks dig it, man. The smell Mm -hmm. of that smoke on you, that's what you want. Well, yeah. You got to get that (laughs) off of you. You know, you want to come back, take a shower, get cleaned up. And,
2: you know, I just, and this is kind of a, uh, since the, you know, the common term, I don't know if that's the word of the day, this shameless plug you know but i will use a shameless plug shameless for blood. for um for uh, marty conway from f500 so you guys that you know and he talked to me a little bit about that today with just that, uh, you know, that deconning with the F500 because it traps all the hydrocarbons right away. Um, and so he's got a lot of, he's got some studies that are coming out for that. And that might be like just using a half percent. And and um, so I'm, I'm interested to, you know, it was a brief conversation. Mm-hmm. So I'm interested to see, you know, some results on what that is or just learn a little bit more because, yeah. you know, I think when you're talking about quick decon, that might just have to be, you know, if you had something of that nature can trap all the stuff that would be pretty decent so well i i talked
1: with another vendor here this week uh randy from or casey i'm sorry casey from novacool and another product oh yeah 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 similar i mean they're different different products yeah um you know the technology and you know foam was what initially alerted everybody like we're all like oh they're there's pfas in our foam. we got to get rid of our foam. Well, dump it and there's pfas gotta, in everything yeah. too by the way yeah. Yeah. right i didn't learn yeah. that. i didn't know that your water bottle may yeah. have pfas in it. exactly so that's like, right what what's going to kill us something you know we're all going to mm-hmm. die someday mm-hmm. um
2: but uh, so anyway, sorry sorry that's a I, bummer. I, I hope i, I, I get, get geez, you, i, things, I didn't hope i get that's you. A just had another birthday i, mean, I you got to stop having those birthdays man and then being happy about it 29 bro like,
0: jeez
1: but what i find so encouraging is that you know we're looking at the foam and the foam that was the problem that started this conversation is now there's vendors out there that are producing products that may help fix some of the problem. I mean, that's so encouraging. And then, you know, now we're talking about the gear and just having these conversations and, you know, being bold enough to push the culture that, you know, it's not cool to have dirty gear. It's not, cool to lay around and you're stinking your filth after a fire anymore. You got to come back and just pushing those things and and being the leaders that we have to be going back to what we said earlier about knowing what's right and doing it, Mm -hmm. you know, having the boldness to do it.
2: Do you ever feel like though we're trying, but do you ever feel like there's, you know, so many different products and then you're just want, you're in this situation. Oh, yeah. Like it's overwhelmed. What yeah. Like what yeah. am I really gonna, you know, like to be able to put a committee together to really be able to
0: evaluate, really be able yeah, to what, know like what's a gimmick and yeah, what's not, What's, you know, what's really this, supposed to be legit. Yep. So, so it goes back to personal responsibility. Yeah. We know if you take a shower and wash it off, we know if you sweat it out, it, there's, there's products out there, you know, we use the infrared, uh, saunas, uh, the CDUs, we call them chemical decon units. Okay. And, um, it's mixed reviews as to whether or not it yeah. works, but it does certainly sweat it out of your system. If you go to a fire and you come back, you know everybody's been in that fire and you come back and for days you take a shower and you still smell that fire well, you went yeah. to three. You days know why ago. I was just
2: told about that in the vendor show just just recently. The why you did smell like it, as he told me is because it did. You know, I took a hot shower. You said I need to take a cold shower or a lukewarm one mm-hmm. so the pores are constricted and then use the charcoal soap. And, and the, well, they had the soap product there, and that's why I bring up that. I'm, I'm asked about a lot of different ones or what to get, but have you ever heard that?
0: I, I have heard that. And, and uh, again, it's interesting to me um, in a number of ways, not against any particular products. There's good stuff out there. Sure. What I've noticed uh, from my experience is you come back from a fire dirty and sweaty. You do that uh, CDU the next day. You ride in that infrared swa- sauna and you wash it off. You don't smell it anymore, so yeah. it gets it out of your system. I agree. If you close your pores down, it's not going to come out, but then it's in. So should we be drinking more water? That, should yeah, we be trying to sweat it out, doing. wiping it off, and getting rid of it? It's kind
2: of what I thought. Yeah. I, then that's why I was like, I don't know what's right then because I feel like it's already in, like it. I don't, I don't know as if it's getting in, you know what I mean? Cause I, 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 I was yeah. already hot and sweaty there while I'm in the mix of it or the firefighters are, you know? Um, and so if you're already hot and sweaty, your pores are already open. So then if I'm coming back and then now I'm showering and closing my pores, then what? Like, how do I well, actually well, get it out? In, right?
1: <laughs> well, if you, that's the question. Yeah. 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 A few years back, uh, me and one of the guys at Sydney, we did a very, very scientific study. It was me and him. Uh, so we had two subjects. And uh, we caught a couple structure fires over the course of a week, and, you know, we, we weren't doing a study. We just stumbled yeah. across this. And we'd been working out, and on our, our first day off, we would go to the YMCA. we go to the workout and then go to the steam shower. And we're sitting in the steam shower after catching a couple structure fires, and we get up to leave, and a guy walks in. And he's like, you guys having a campfire in here? We're like, No. No, it's a steam shower. It's hard to get things to burn inside of a steam shower. He said, "Man, it smells like fire in here. And we were so used to it we didn't even notice it. Yeah, And then we both went home and you know, got cleaned up again and was like, I don't smell like smoke anymore. like this is amazing. And here, I mean, we stumbled across what we know now that you sweat that out, you get it out of you, and every chance you have to get it out of you, you know, immediately after the exposure, a day after the exposure, Two days a week, you know, just you got to get it out of you. Um,
2: I mean, it just. Do you have these units at all your stations, or just certain ones, or what? At,
0: at certain ones? And I know there's some. The IFF came out against these infrared songs yeah. because they don't feel there's enough studies behind yeah. it, and and I understand that. Sure. Um, but I think the science of medicine changes. You know, if you look at just ACLS and, you know, some, I've been around for 35 years medic, so (laughs) I've seen Isopro come, I've seen Isopro go, and I've seen lidocaine come and I've seen lidocaine go, and now we're doing, you know, all sorts of changes. And I think that is... What we're seeing in the fire service, things come and things go based on a pendulum swing. Yeah. And uh, that's why I think that personal responsibility, doing what you think is right, making yeah. sure you clean your stuff, clean your gear, right. protect your family, and go home at the end of the day. You know, it's mm-hmm. a round trip. I saw, uh, heard this for the first time round trip ticket. I love yeah. that. I by love, the it. Way. So I yep. love that. That's so cool. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. See, that yep. yep. this morning, yep. I did yep. like that. Yeah, Big golden trip. ticket on there. Yeah. yeah. Go home at the end of the Rick,
3: day. Rick's right. It's personal. I mean, you got to. Yeah, you might be chief officer, lieutenant, captain, whatever, you know, however your rank structure is. But even the newest firefighter has to take responsibility and say, listen, I need to get this stuff off here, you know. And it doesn't so. stop there, though, either. No. It doesn't stop with no. just the,
2: uh, you know, uh, you know doing that of, like, getting cleaned up, doing the decon. You know, it's it's a culture thing, I yeah. think, in your department. Yeah, um, I think we did a very well job uh, getting it started in Napoleon and doing it, creating the decon buckets, and everybody kind of gathered around of doing it before we, before we all left. Um, but I don't think it stops there. I think it's uh, also personal responsibility to document it. Well, yeah. And we for us Absolutely. as chiefs, yes. we need to be providing an area for them to document, teach them how, and make sure that it's happening and because like um everybody does something different on the fire scene so I don't I may not know everything and what I explain to the firefighters is even in incident command I don't know what every single firefighter did or what they were involved in that's why it's your personal responsibility document. to make sure you document right, because I heard those war stories from individuals of you know the cancer uh you know cancer claims and and then the poor documentation and then also on the other end where great got documentation that got them now that's being recognized for BWC claims and workers' comp and things of that nature so you want to have that documentation yeah just
3: yeah we do every once every fire and that's one of the things I what always do you say, do it on document yeah we use the ifff do or you? iff yeah okay because
2: i've seen that like n4s and then they have it yeah. on eso and, and all i know the some ones, yeah, so. yeah yeah okay. some of
3: the reporting software too yeah. you know they have that documentation in there that they you know the you know people who make it reports how it can put in there but it's got to come down to the individual we got to change our mindset we uh, you know yeah, yeah it, we just Everyone. Yep. No matter the newest guy to the oldest guy on the department, we got to get in there. One of the best things that I think I did, because I have a pretty stubborn department, you know, uh, with, with, with egos and, and sure. stuff. But, you know, I brought the uh, Columbus firefighter. Um, I can't remember his name. Dave you know, Burswing. They came in and did a, a class for us, or going to, and I'm thinking, man, i can got to get these guys caught. I said, how do I get to these guys? Mm-hmm. You know, how do I? yeah. I invited their wives. I fed them a free dinner because you know firefighters have right. free dinners. Oh okay. you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. What and, was it? And yeah, it's steak. Okay. Oh, okay. I like,
2: okay. So you yeah. really got them. Oh, yeah, yeah. deep yeah, cuts.
3: <laughs> yeah, the farmer down the road is missing a couple. And no, we really won't go there. It. I didn't say that. But no. So, but yeah, I, we we used the wives and okay. One of our most stubborn guys that we have in our department because everyone department has it. We can go to every department. And use Absolutely. Someone. Oh, that's one of my guys. Oh, that's yep. one of my guys. You know, and he, next thing I know, he's getting his gear out of his locker the next day and he's washing everything. Yeah. You know, and I'm thinking. She told him to. Oh, well, well and exactly. it's, yeah. It's, yeah, the yeah. round trip ticket. Like, yeah, exactly. oh my gosh, yeah, you know. Yeah, I want him to go home too, and you know. And he's
2: just responsible, self-responsibility at the station yeah. and she wants him to come home. And until yeah. you really, really understand like, hey, because your laziness Right. Is the yeah. cost of that on the other mm-hmm. end, like, really?
3: Yeah. Yeah. It's, so. so, but yeah, it's it's got to come down to the individual yeah. responsibility to get that taken care of.
0: And so. I think, don't forget that as leaders, it's our responsibility to step forward. Sure. You know, how many of us hit the gym every day? How many of yeah. us show that personal responsibility? And I think uh, if you look back when I started on the job, and, and I don't feel like I'm that old. 31 years in the fire service. Okay. In my first fire, uh, my captain did not wear a tank, and it was a good second floor worker, you know, we're getting up on the floor, and, you know, I'm doing my rookie thing, I mask up at the door and crawl up, and we're crawling through some heavy smoke, and he walks past me, opens up the windows, kids, save your hair, you know, and he smoked three packs a day, and- you know, I wanted to be him, and and I tried to do that, and I damn near died there on the second floor taking my mask off. But uh, the culture, and you, and you talked about it in your lecture this morning. It, it it's really important mm-hmm. to make sure that we share as That's chiefs and as as leaders in our organization what's important and how we can take care of our folks and yep. and let them know that you know we're human too. We yeah, we all make mistakes. Every one of us has made. I made a mistake probably this morning. I talked to Jeff. That was a mistake. But. Yeah. Um, you know, when you talk about the cancer stuff, you talk, when, when you when you talk about We're this and down. how important it is, you know, <laughs> have these conversations at the kitchen table and talk yeah. to them about personal responsibility. Yep.
2: Well, and I think that's what it is. Like you said, at the kitchen table. You know, get them where, like, it's comfortable. It's in an environment where you can just have a conversation. It doesn't have to be a setup, you know, make it some important training deal or whatever else. Just start dropping those nuggets to some of the personnel and start having the conversations. And, I I mean, and, like, what you did there is, you know, get – have a, have a steak dinner and bring your wives yeah, and, you know, that yeah. sort of thing. And, and it's, I'm sure it was super impactful if you brought somebody in and was struggling with it. You oh, know, well, like we saw that some of the wives, they
3: left the station at night crying. I bet. Wow. They I had bet. tears running down their cheeks and they said, you know, and I could tell that, okay, I hit a chord with them. And if, you know, oh yeah. They, they you know it, so. yeah, you know oh, they're getting spanked. know, they're getting hit on the way yeah. home.
2: The husbands yeah. are getting, yeah. you know, they're getting it in the vehicle. And uh, and well, and honestly, the PFAS thing came, and that story that Cleveland Heights showed, mm-hmm. it was all because of the wife of right. one of the wives of one of the firefighters that you know got it. So they she put up did with a lot, not man. stop. I mean, she was awesome. So they, they put up
3: with a lot. Yeah, mean, they do. I love the wives out there and the girlfriends
2: and stuff. But, yep. you know, so, yeah, well, but, family family in general, right? Yeah. Oh, everybody. You know, because yeah. now we have such a younger generation that's coming in. A lot mm-hmm. of them, you know, still might live at home and they haven't bought yeah. their, you know, uh, they get their first paycheck and they buy a brand new truck. And, right. and uh, you know, and that's usually what <laughs> <laughs> it that happens? Is, it, it happens. So, uh, which is cool. But, um, you know, it's it's just family in general. And, and that's, you know, it goes to that point of that round trip ticket. So, yeah. And on that, that, you know,
1: on that, I talked in my presentation the other day about, I think sometimes in the fire service, and again, this is a culture thing. It's kind of what I've been drilling down on this mm-hmm. week. Um, you know, there's more of it now than I think there's ever been. But just that love for each other, um, you know, and how weird it is that, you, you know, I love you, brother. Um, there's some organizations where that's always been a part of their culture, you know, to, to, you know, bro hug and I love you, brother. And, you know, see you in a couple of days. And as Chiefs, you know, and I know this isn't everybody's personality to, to tell their people they love them. Um, but, y- you know, what we do as Chiefs, if we don't love our people enough to, to do the hard thing, to do the right thing, to tell them, you know, you're going to clean up your gear. Mm-hmm. I don't want to clean my I don't care. I, I don't mm-hmm. care. It's the right do thing it. to do, and it's action. It.
2: It's it's really not telling them. It's just it's action. Your right. actions show that you care. Your yeah. actions show that you want to do the best, and your yeah. actions are you know is where where really what. It's yeah, I'm going to really hold what you what
1: accountable is. to do this thing because I love you. because yeah. I care about you. Mm-hmm. I want you to have a career that you retire into healthy, and you have many years with your family. And I'm doing it because I love you. I care about you. And one of the you.
2: things I just took away from Mark Hill today, um, he was the one that did the field training officer one. And then if you're having like if you're having an issue with one of the individuals that maybe can't understand why they got to clean their gear or whatever else, he said use it use it to where they have to um, they have to do a class on it. They have to yeah. teach it. So then now maybe I'm not just going to force you to say it because now it's all oh, the chief is just picking on me or whatever else. Um, you know, then have them do a class on why we should clean our gear. And that could be an assignment of that individual, and they're going to know it very well, and then they're going to really understand it. They may not, and then hopefully that'll help transition them into it. Um, we kind of instituted the system in um, in Napoleon was we made a big, like, uh, you know, your gear needs cleaned, a sign, laminated it, um, and then and anybody had the opportunity to hang it on anybody's gear locker that needed to be cleaned. And so it, we had them, if you if, then when you came into shift or you had seen that and it was on your locker it needed to be cleaned. And that, uh, and so it just kind of like, it calls you out on it saying, Hey, you know, you didn't get it done last shift. Let's get it done this shift or whatever else. And, um, and I thought it worked really well. It was just, uh, it helps everybody hold each other accountable. And when you had it on there, even if you're like, Oh man, but she accompanied that with that and one hundred zero, what I always talk about 100% accountable for your actions with zero excuses. Mm-hmm. You look at that and say, yep, thank you you know yeah. i i do need to clean my gear right. and i'm yeah. glad somebody got a hold of, you know for for me to do that so yep. what other topics anything else we got to cover i know we've been talking for quite some time i think we should probably wrap it up uh we are, this will be a two part oh, series so on, man. um unless you got anything else you got something else we got what you got uh, deeks
3: uh what do we got all the eclipse coming Oh, yeah, there you go. I don't know nothing about that, but Rick Anderson does. I know
2: you, you would bring teams.
0: something up about it. Wow. <laughs> you,
2: they, you freaking tee it right up. I'm like, but it is. The oh. eclipse is coming. I think it's like in our area. is May hey, the be they a 4th, increases. 2024. <laughs> yeah. you paying attention to it. It's yeah. coming. It's coming. Don't
0: close your eyes. You'll miss it. Yeah, yep. it's yep, yep. going to be
1: dark for like eight minutes. So. But, but, but Chad,
0: you did bring up something that I think is important, and, and uh, just to bring up Maybe for another uh, topic, peer support and loving each other and making sure folks are taken care of. Uh, You know, we recently had a retiree uh, that had some issues and and, uh, decided to make the ultimate choice, and I think Mm – as an organization and as chiefs, we have to lead, and peer support is one of those leads. And I think it's another – we can yeah. talk hours and hours and hours about it, I think, maybe yeah. for another time. But Did, it, did anybody deal. go
2: to that class, that peer support one that they had here? To, uh, Brad Shaw was doing that, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Chief to mm-hmm. chief,
0: uh, chief, uh, chief, yep. chief Peer Support, yeah. the subcommittee. Uh, shameless plug. If, yep. if this interests <laughs> you, if peer support interests you, if, if these topics about uh, the uh, PFAS stuff and – and caring for our firefighters, health and safety is a big committee that does that. We have a separate ad hoc peer support committee. We have chief to chief peer support committee, there's a number of committees, and if it's not there that you find, ask us, and, and we'll get it started. How,
2: how do they How do they get a hold of a committee member? So, like, if I say they're listening to it right now, and they say I want to be a part of the uh, health and safety. Like, who we know mm-hmm. Jeff is the education, but how Jack, do they know Jack Rupp, Okay, health committee
0: chair. If you get on the website and click on it and go through members only and look at uh, the committees, you'll see who the chair is. Reach out to me, okay, uh, Rick yeah. Ober. Yep, or or over Send me an email and I'll get you to the right committee. But uh, really, that website is is phenomenal. Uh, The the, Folks that work the OFCA, Ann and, and and Logan, I know, she do re- a phenomenal job yeah. keeping that stuff up.
2: And if you go to the website, what we can do, Joel, is we can just have them put the link to directly to that, like if it goes to, to the other committees yeah. or where it's at. Because uh, Logan was just showing us today, you know, like how she had got, they've redone the website mm-hmm. of where the podcast yeah. sits at. And then in the in be able to have all the notes and be able to have just diff- different direct links to it. So yeah.
0: Even just call the office. You know, it's called that six one four number at the bottom, and ask, and, and you'll get the help you need. But uh, there's a lot of stuff on the website that'll help. So, and
3: there's no application or anything. You got a had a person ask me that today. Matter of fact, well, how much? How big is the application you got to fill out to be on one of the committees? And I said there is no application.
2: No application. A yeah. hundred bucks a year. Like, yeah. come on. Call like this office. is great. You yeah. know, like it's 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 one of the things I think episode two or three that we talked about it. Uh, not two because I think that was a conference one, but. We did talk about, like, a members one, and yep. it was with uh, with Chief Joe Kitchen. And um, so if you go back, if you're listening to this one, if you go back to, you know, it's it's in the beginnings. Yep. Um, and we talked a lot about what the member benefits are. Oh, and um, yeah. and so for what you get for 100 bucks, yeah. I mean.
3: You can't beat it. Yeah. Phenomenal. Yep. Well, and
1: to double back on what Rick was talking about with peer support, you know, he mentioned earlier about the collaboration we have with the Ohio Association of Professional Firefighters, their leadership team, and our leadership team. And some of the things we're working on, this peer support is one of them. And, you know, very soon there's going to be uh, announcements coming out about different places around the state where we're going to be doing peer support training oh. in collaboration with. Oh, and, really? Yeah. Yes. yeah That's yeah, cool. Fantastic. Um, you know, just those kind of things that this association is doing.
2: Um we have a great training room in Oregon, so I mean, you right. know, if you go ahead. Well, we just, with
0: the SAMHSA grant, $200,000 grant from the feds on peer okay. support, we're going to do, in each FEMA region, we're going to do a peer support class. We're oh, going to do it. the same number of, I'm sorry, I'm tapping the table, same number of uh, virtual classes and then do resiliency classes. And a great well, point, Chad. We're yeah. working to to help the firefighters across the state and fire officers across the state to, to Go home. Yeah. It's a round trip ticket. I love that. I'm going to use that forever. I know. The only way we can do it is by moving forward. And, you know,
2: and that's, and that's, you're right. Because even when they are home and when you say that people have taken the ultimate sacrifice, it's just so sad of, um, you know, thinking that, um, you know, I I was recently on a, a suicide and, and, you know, I think what hurts me the most is just knowing what that individual is going through and they didn't feel like they had somebody to reach out to.
0: Absolutely. And it's
2: like, oh my gosh. Like, I just, it just pains me to know that they felt like they were no longer worthy enough to be walking alongside of us and that they couldn't just pick up the phone and just say hey i need help or something is going on and and it just it's just that hurts that that five minutes before they're about to get in that rope you know type of thing yeah if
1: you haven't if you haven't walked along alongside people in your organization that have had to deal with that you know in our organization we have a family that that lost a family member they died by suicide and I mean, just unbelievable. And, you know, I, I resolved when I became a chief that um, I'm going to do everything I can to to make sure that doesn't oh, wow. happen. And we have conversations about, you know, it's okay to not be okay. You know, yeah. this, this job's hard. Um, it, it really takes a toll on us. And, you know, I don't want to say it's okay to not be okay and drive somebody to say, well, this is the only choice I have. Because we have a ton of resources. We have a lot of people that care about this issue and are really working very hard to come up with, you know, not just one treatment methodology or modality that's going to fix everybody. Because we know, we've learned that, you know, one size does not fit all when we're talking about mental health and behavioral wellness. Um, so just the work that we are doing to, to try to address these things so that we don't have to walk that walk with these families that, that have suffered through that.
2: Did the Ohio fire chiefs get the grant or who got the grant?
0: Yeah. So, uh, we as the executive board last year went to Washington and and to lobby for legislative issues and, and, uh, in working with uh, Dave Joyce's office, we were able to, uh, secure, uh, the start of getting a grant. Now we're still back and forth with Samson getting the grant for it, but uh, the intent is to do those classes and they're supposed to start in September. So hopefully we hear soon. Okay. Uh, yep. But uh, it seems to be moving forward pretty good.
3: I now, do want to give a shout out to, I was on that email chain. Just the question, of course, you know how easy federal grants are. Oh, yeah. Right. You know, They're so much fun. <laughs> you know, I get it. But I saw the email. I, I saw with all the executive board and everybody yeah. that was in that email, Michelle Fitzgibbon, our executive director. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I yeah. mean, it's just like she's, I've heard it said the time, she's a rock star. And, and we are so lucky to have her um, in there. But Rick I saw Rick on that. I know that I saw Joe Kitchen, you know, everyone.
1: Steve Kelly. Yeah, Steve Kelly just
3: submitted to that stuff, and I'm thinking, wow, I I am lucky. Yeah, that is awesome. I am lucky to be a part of this group and,
1: yeah sure. michelle so. said no
0: more grants we're not allowed to bring yeah, any she more she did grants. say that <laughs> so <laughs> so she that happy was, one that was it one and done <laughs> yeah, she said bring one back and cash. Yeah. yeah, no more free yeah. money than yeah. Yeah. free she's, you're
2: 100 so a does product. that yeah. run yeah. for yeah. one
0: yeah. year then or what's it do it's a one-year term on okay uh, up to two hundred thousand dollars and uh yeah we will definitely use the money yep and then do the training in all the regions i mean that's super cool
2: yeah so um okay well that's the plan um who do we Do you already know who's going to be doing the training and all
0: that? We kind of set some of that stuff. It'll be coming out here soon. Okay. Uh, We worked through it with the Health and Safety Committee and the uh, Ad Hoc Peer Support Subcommittee, everybody that worked on it, and uh, it's ready to roll out. We're just waiting to hear. Okay. More to come. Sweet. Yeah. Stay tuned. Absolutely. That's nice. Stay tuned. That's nice. Clayton, yeah.
1: we're going to probably have to wrap this up before we have like a live studio audience. Here. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I know.
2: I, I thought that it's we were going to kind of get close awesome, because man. it was like 7 o'clock and we needed to, uh, you yeah. know, maybe wrap it up to, you know, as people are starting to want to, you know, come in. So. Yeah. Sounds good. All right. Yep, sounds sounds good. good. Thanks a lot, guys. I really, really appreciated awesome. it. Yep. I thought it was yep. a lot of fun. I yep. think we covered a lot of you know different yes, topics. And uh do we need to sing Happy Birthday to you before we get no, off we here? Uh, no, we do yeah. not. No, we no, <laughs> no, 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 do not. Nope. No no, <laughs> no. 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 So. No. No. No.
3: No. 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 All hey, right. Happy Birthday, Jeff. Happy Birthday, Jeff. You appreciate it. Happy Birthday to you. Nice Rick. I like. See Rick Vobur. Happy Birthday. all
1: right well uh thank you for
2: tuning in to the triple p podcast uh premier professional and proactive brought to you by the ohio fire chiefs association and i will say this has been just a a blast uh to be in this seat to be able to host it joel and i have uh really really thoroughly enjoyed ourselves of uh talking to the people that we have over the years so if you uh are interested continue to you know sign in um you know listen to them and uh come back for some more and uh thank you thanks uh, guys thank thanks, you, so thank, you. So thanks. Thank, you. Yep.
3: thank you thanks joel
2: thank you for tuning in to the triple p podcast Premier, professional and proactive brought to you by the ohio fire chiefs association if you'd like to hear more follow us on spotify apple google or wherever you get your podcasts and if you feel so inclined please help us spread the word by telling your fire and ems friends about this channel